Some years ago, I was watching one of those black and white World War II movies. Uh, it was a Navy movie. Um, one of the prisoners last night was saying, I think that was the movie In Harm's Way uh, that I'm going to refer to. And I said, you know, I've watched that so many times, I, I don't remember it in that movie, but it could be. But it's pre-Pearl uh, Harbor, and there's this very significant formal uh, Navy gala. And as each captain of a ship came to the party and arrived there, they would give, they would ring the bell, they call it two bells, ding, ding, everybody get quiet, and someone would announce the arrival of the captain of the ship, except they didn't announce the name of the captain. Instead, now arriving, the USS Tennessee. Everybody clap politely, party go on. Ding, ding, two bells, now arriving, the Nevada. Be polite applause, and the captain would walk in. A little while later, ding, ding, you know, now arriving, the California. Be polite applause. Anytime someone of a command rank came to the party, they'd ring the bells. Uh, if it rang three bells, everybody stood at attention because it was going to be an admiral. And uh, I was at, when I was studying in Rome for Easter time, went down with some buddies of mine, uh, to Naples, we were going to do some special work with their religious education program on, on, on base, and the captain, or the captain, the commander of the base invited us to this very formal ball. Uh, so formal, that was one of those times that we, I, I wore a cassock, because <laughs> uh, that's the very formal dress of a priest. But sure enough, two bells, somebody be introduced by the name of the ship. There was three bells, and I remember them saying, now arriving, Sink Pack, which was the admiral over the Pacific Theater. Uh, so it was just fascinating, you know, to see that ritual in place. And why would they do that? While those captains, the commanders, had earned respect, they represent far more than themselves. They represent an entire ship. They represent an entire crew. So to recognize the captain of one of the battleships, for example, you know, now arriving, the Tennessee, to recognize the, the, the captain by that is to honor the whole ship and realize in many ways the captain is the ship and the ship is the captain. A matter of respecting the dignity of place of that individual. Growing up, you know, we would have these, you know, we'd had our typical grade school parties, but hitting seventh and eighth grade, you know, we got into the very formal kind of southern parties, the cotillions and such. But I remember that as the girls arrived, not the boys, but as individual girls would arrive, you know, a sound would be made, it wouldn't be a bell like the Navy, and everybody get quiet. And as a girl walked down some steps or walked into the room, they would announce the name of the girl. Miss Ellen Shipley, everybody clap, go back to the party. Another girl, name, they would clap. Um, in eighth grade, all of us, our eighth grade class and all of the grade school, Catholic grade schools in Chattanooga, we were all expected to take ballroom dancing, which we did. It's a good thing that I don't dance in public anymore. 
but you know that's where I learned all about dance cards for old, those old enough to remember dance cards. And your children will look at it and say, what's a dance card? You can explain it to them. And again, as, we, as the girls came in, they were announced. Not the guys, but the girls were announced. You know, you, our students, you know, juniors and seniors, they might go to the junior-senior prom, and at many of those proms, they do have a formal moment where they present the seniors. Well, that's a holdover from those days. You know, that's how that begins. You know, you're presenting people, recognizing that they're there and recognizing their dignity, even if only a senior who's about to graduate. We know that something like that exists in the political, diplomatic realm. An ambassador represents the head of state of another country. And the ambassador is always treated as if he is the head of state. So if an ambassador is invited to the White House, for example, that ambassador is treated with the dignity of a head of state. And they may not get a state dinner, but still they're, they're greeted with pomp and circumstance, you know, at the doors of the White House. To disrespect an ambassador is to disrespect the country the ambassador represents or disrespect the head of state of the country that ambassador represents. You know, in embassies, embassies are considered foreign soil. To attack an embassy is to attack a country. To attack an embassy is considered an act of war because it's considered an attack against a country. You know, many of us remember, you know, the attack on the embassy in Tehran, you know, and, and all the, the, the people that were taken prisoner then, taken hostage. That was considered an act of war. It's just sometimes you can't go to war but it was considered an act of war. Because they attacked foreign soil, that embassy, they attacked us as a country. That does spill over into our Christian life, where the message of Jesus is always to respect the dignity of other people. Now, granted, some people, by their behavior, they don't deserve to be treated with respect. However, we do treat them with Christian respect and Christian dignity because they are still children of God, regardless of their behavior. Now, some of them are pretty bad. They may not be with us in heaven. I never like to say somebody's going to the other place, but not everybody is holy. Some people are evil but we still respect their dignity, even if we have to hold our breath, hold our nose, bite our tongue. That is to do what Jesus did. And it's interesting, you know, he talks about if you love father, mother, son, or daughter more than me, you're not going to get to heaven. Well, Jesus is saying we don't love our family. He's just saying get our priorities right. And so it's just a lesson in priorities. And if we get the first two or three correct, we, they all fall into place. If our first priority is always God. Last week, you know, the gospel was about, well, you know, do we worry more about what other th people think about us or what God thinks about us? You know, to 
put God first is to always worry about what God thinks of us. So he's, he's really just given, in the beginning of this passage, he's giving us a lesson in priorities. But then he goes to that same thing about what people represent. He's speaking to the apostles, and he says to them, whoever receives you receives me. To receive an apostle is to receive Christ. And whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. Because Jesus is in the Father. He is part of the Father. You know, to respect the, uh, the apostle is to respect Jesus. To res therefore, it is to respect the Father. They're one and the same. You know, a lot of people don't realize this, but up until late 1960s, early 1970s, we had the same teaching about the Pope. We were to respect the dignity of the Pope because he is Christ's representative on earth. And to say anything ill about a pope was a mortal sin. Because to say something bad about the pope is in turn to say something bad about the Holy Spirit, who we say is involved in the selection of a pope. Now, pope may do something we don't like. That's fair game. But we never disrespect that person or the dignity they hold. We do that a lot. We, you know, we destroy the dignity of a lot of people by the things we say or do, things we post online. Whoever receives a prophet because he is a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And this part is really interesting because it doesn't say here we expect you to do huge and big things. Jesus says, and whoever gives only a cup of cold water to these little ones to drink, because the little one is a disciple, amen, I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. Now, when we hear little ones, we think of children. And quite often in the, in the Gospels, little ones mean children, but not here. Little ones were the first it's the first name the Christian community gives to itself. Those who have followed Jesus, and this is really post-Jesus, so Matthew is kind of working backwards to make things clear. Little ones were the disciples. They were the followers of Jesus. We would refer to ourselves as the little ones. Not Catholic or Christian, not members of St. Philip. We would just simply say, we're a member of the little ones. So when Jesus says this, you know, he said, we're not, a, you know, we don't have to go over the top. You know, we don't have to be a Mother Teresa or a Pope John Paul II. You know, we don't have to be, have that kind of stature. He simply says, and whoever gives only a cup of cold water to these little ones to drink, because the little one is a disciple. I say to you, he will surely not lose his reward. That we're even to, to treat with dignity our fellow Christians especially, but also fellow members of our community of faith. You know, it's not that we're here all the time, every day working in the St. Anthony's closet or the St. Anthony's pantry or, you know, doing this or doing that. Jesus does like to keep it simple. If we can do those big things, 
we better do them. But I love it when Jesus, pardon me, when Jesus takes all of his expectation and he dumbs them down for us. All he's saying when it comes to love is to treat people with dignity. And you don't have to do big and great things. Just to give someone a cup of water is often a huge act of treating someone with dignity.